0: it's like such a small little thing. But when I was pregnant with Hugo, I bought just a little inexpensive elliptical for my basement. And then after Hugo was born, you know, a few weeks after he was born, when I was feeling better, I just made it a priority to take 20 minutes every day to exercise. Um, And that was really life-changing because for me, that has such mental benefits, it has emotional benefits, especially in the winter when I'm stuck at home. So, and it's just this little small act of saying, "You are worth 20 minutes of exercise in the afternoon. That you are worth that."
1: This is Living Your Big Bold Life podcast, and I'm your host, Bette Lucas. I have five crazy kids, a full-time career in a mostly male industry. And I've been on a health journey where I've lost over 40 pounds. On this podcast, you will find encouragement for your own unique journey. You'll be provided tools to help you not just survive this life, but thrive in the areas of health, career, and family. So come live your big, bold life with me. Are you ready? I sure am. Hello, and welcome to Living Your Big, Bold Life podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. Today, I am welcoming Adele Collins. She is a wife and mom of seven. Her newest arrival, Mary Amelia, arrived this past May 22nd. Adele and I have some similarities as we are both moms of large families. As many of you know, I am expecting our sixth child in November of this year. However, we also have some differences. As all moms do, I work full-time in the corporate world, and Adele stays at home. Adele met her husband in high school, and I met Spencer when I was in my late 20s, and he was in his late 30s. The reason I so love doing this podcast is we all have different and beautiful journeys, and I truly believe that we can be inspired and learn from those journeys that are different from our own. Nada was listening to ones that are the same. So I truly hope I never make you feel like your journey needs to match those of my guests or, or match mine. No, I hope by hearing their bold and beautiful path, you are inspired to live yours. Also, on today's podcast, Adela and I share a few misconceptions around what it's like to have a big family. We dive into how both of us felt super overwhelmed with babies one and two, and how now having more children in many ways feels easier. We discuss the importance around self-care and taking care of our health as moms. We discuss ways we have had our kids and husband help more around the house, especially as our family has grown. We share about the different seasons of motherhood, that maybe today you are a working mom and tomorrow you might be a stay-at-home mom or vice versa. We provide some encouragement around a difficult stage with one of your children. We are reminded that some of our easiest babies are actually some of our more challenging older children. And some of our more challenging toddlers are now some of our easiest adolescents. We even share what vehicles we drive, our little shopping secrets, what we're doing for school, and a few tactical tips for moms. I really think you are going to enjoy this episode, and I hope you are inspired on your path. Welcome, Adele. I am truly, truly honored to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's
0: a joy to be here.
1: Adele, why don't we just dive right in? Tell us a little bit more about you.
0: So I am a stay-at-home mom. We have seven kids, including a set of twins, and our youngest is two months old. And I've spent most of my adult life being a mom. Ben and I, like you mentioned, met in high school. We're high school sweethearts. And we got married during college. I went to grad school at Harvard, and he moved with me up there. And by the time I graduated, I was seven months pregnant with our first. So I have been home since then with little kids. Now we have little kids and big kids. And we've moved around. We've moved up and down the East Coast. We most recently moved out to California for four years and back. But my primary vocation really is being with my kids and I love connecting with other moms. I think it's a great source of support in our vocation.
1: So besides the fact that Adele and I both have large families, we also share a genuine passion for encouraging moms on their unique journey whether they are a mom of one or a mom of many. And I think one way that we try to really help encourage moms is kind of dispelling some of the misconceptions around a large family and that Being a mom of a large family doesn't mean you are this perfect mom, that you're a superhero. In fact, kind of the opposite. You're really in tune with the fact of how imperfect you are. And that is the humbling beauty of having a big family. And so, Adele, I'm really curious, when people learn you have seven children, what are some of the the most common comments that you get?
0: So I will say the one thing, everybody, just about everybody who does not come from a big family or have a big family will say is like, you must be a superhero or a super mom, because that is just crazy, which is funny. Cause that's exactly what I, when I had one baby, I felt like it was a lot of work. All of a sudden I had always wanted a big family, but when we had our first baby, all of a sudden I had this reality check and thought, I don't know if I can do this because just one baby is a lot of work. So as I thought about a big family, I always imagined that having six kids would be six times as hard as having one baby, you know, or having seven kids is seven times as hard and seven times as crazy. So I think one of the misconceptions and honestly, one of the secrets of a big family is that it's not like that at all. Because as you're going along, your little kids become big kids, become helpers. And so it's kind of this self sustaining community where there is, you know, an older kid can help a younger kid get their shoes on, or you have kids setting the table or clearing the table. So I think it's kind of a secret that having a big family is actually much easier than having just two little kids. I don't know if you felt this way, Beth, but when I had two little kids, it was really hard. Every single moment of my time was spent taking care of these children that just relied on me all the time. And I was on my own, you know? So now it feels a lot easier than that. I have a lot more time to pursue projects or hobbies or do different things. So I I would say that that's one thing. People also think we're nuts sometimes, I'm sure. Although (laughs) I felt when we were living in California that people, we were nervous that people wouldn't like us because we had a big family, but the truth is they were very curious about us. And I think they sort of felt like we were this family transported from the past, you know, that they were like, Oh, you're an old school Catholic family. Okay. So they were kind of curious about it. So, but yeah, people are definitely wondering what is behind the big family. For me,
1: I can relate so much to what you were saying here because My most challenging season as a mom was baby one and baby two. So I kind of disagree with the theory that baby three is the hardest. Now, this is very individual to every single family, but I find in general that most people number three isn't the hardest unless they have like a challenging baby, a colicky baby. But most of the time what I hear is they've kind of shifted by that point. So by the babies three four if you and if you have more, it feels a lot easier. there are efficiencies in place. the kids are growing up they're starting to help you and I have been shocked at how young my children start helping me. It's almost like we have underestimated our our children so much. they pitch in. More than I could have ever imagined. And I didn't have that extra hand when I had babies one and two. And now I do. So I want to reassure reassure you moms out there, if you are a new mom or you have babies one and two and you are just thinking, I just could never, 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 there are so many things that get easier. Adele also has her master's from Harvard. And I believe her story is very bold because she chose to put her career on hold and listen to what her heart was telling her was best. And what your heart might be telling you, what your journey might look like, might be very different. For example, Spencer and I didn't meet until later in life, so I pursued my career first. Some of us grow our career and our family simultaneously, but what is key here is not that Adele's choice is better or worse than anybody's,
0: but that she listened to what she felt called to do. So I had gone to get my master's and always imagined that I would continue and get my PhD and become a professor. That's sort of what I imagined that I would do. And when I got to grad school, I was already married and Ben and I knew that we wanted a family and I always wanted a big family. And at that point in time, I talked to a lot of the women that I had looked up to who were either professors or had various jobs in the community in Cambridge, but people who I really respected. And it was so interesting because almost universally, all of them gave me the same advice. Now, these were largely women who had Pursued their careers and then had children later, like in their mid 30s, sometimes even in their 40s. And when I asked them about it, they really advised me if I wanted a family, if I wanted a big family, to start earlier. So I was surprised to hear that because I, you know, the kind of conventional wisdom is get your career going, you can have kids later. And all these women that I really respected said, I followed all the rules. I did. I pursued my career. I did all of the things that I was supposed to do, all the boxes that I was supposed to check. And then when it came time to have my family, it ended up being much harder physically, emotionally, career-wise. There were things that were really hard about having kids much later. So that really caused me to pause and think about what my plans were. Because realistically, if I were to get a PhD, find a t- look for a tenure track position, get going and then have kids, I would probably just be starting my family in the last few years. So we basically made the decision like prayerfully discerned that we wanted to have a family earlier with the knowledge that I could always pick up where I left off or pursue those interests and dreams that I had along the way and professionally that I could do that As our kids got to be school aged. So that's kind of what I had in mind going into it. But I didn't really know necessarily that we would have all these kids all in a row or what our life would look like. I didn't know whether I would need to work or not. At the beginning, I didn't. That was a blessing. We also lived extremely simply. So we. I was a grad student. Ben was, you know, he had his first little starter job. But so we really lived very, very modestly. So, anyway, basically, the way that the spirit has led in our lives has been that we have seven kids now. I have found a surprising amount of fulfillment in the job of staying home with my kids. And also at the same time, recognize that there might be a time in my life that I would like to do something professionally or continue to pick up and get that PhD or whatever it is. I think one of the things I've recognized in my own parenting journey is that you have room for lots of different seasons in your life and different dreams that you can pursue at different points in your life. So just like we were saying that now having older kids gives us more freedom and maybe more peace in our house and more order or whatever it is. Likewise, there will be a day where we have kids in college and maybe a few little kids at home. So I feel like as a woman, one of the beautiful things is that our lives have all of the all of this variety built in, especially in our vocation as a mother.
1: Adele, I just think you state that so beautifully and one of the things I really want to highlight is how you emphasize the seasons of motherhood and truly the seasons of our life, right? That too many times I hear from moms that if they're a stay-at-home mom, they think they have to be a stay-at-home mom forever, or they're a working mom and they think they have to be a working mom forever. Or too many times we forget that we may not have a choice. We may have to stay at home. We may have to work. And no matter what, embracing that season of your life. And I love the confidence that Adele had in her journey where she said, I may go back to getting my PhD. I may go back to having a career. And that she believed if and when she felt that that was her time to do that, that she could do it. And I believe each of you can do it too. Whether you are the corporate mom who has decided that you really want to stay home for a few years, I believe in you and your ability to do it. Whether you are a mom who has stayed at home with her children and all of a sudden you want or need to go back to work, I believe you can do it. Adele, it's really obvious to me that you enjoy being a mom. And even though you are juggling a lot, that you are thriving. And so I'm sure other moms key into that too. So, do you get asked by moms for advice on ways to thrive and find joy in motherhood? And
0: what is the advice that you share with them? So, just like you said, it's all about seasons. I think that our approach towards motherhood really kind of adheres to those seasons too. So when you have one baby, two little babies at home, it is really an intense job. So every hour of the day, somebody needs your help, you're taking care of them. So during that time in particular, I think for moms, it's all about finding a balance where you can feel rested and joyful and purposeful in that. So it could be something as simple as, Handing off the baby to your husband for 15 minutes in the morning so you can get dressed and put some makeup on and brush your hair. You know, something as simple as that. And going into the day feeling like yourself, like you're put together. It could be, I know I lived and died by having a rest in the afternoon. So having an hour when either my babies were sleeping or my toddlers were watching a video that I could. Maybe exercise for 20 minutes or clean up a little bit, just have a little bit of time to feel like I could restore order in my life. So, in those early years, I would say, you know, rely on your husband. Feel free to reach out for help. I feel like people are happy to help you out, whether it's switching off mornings with a girlfriend that, you know, you watch each other as kids one morning a week, or if there's grandparents or hiring a babysitter, just something to make it feel like your cup isn't empty, because I think you really need that sense of joy and purpose going forward as your kids are getting older, especially if you're having a big family and there's more kids joining your family. So then the advice I would give as you start to get kids that are a little bit older, like let's say six or seven years old, is something else that you mentioned earlier, which is starting to incorporate your children into the running of your household, I think that in a big family, but really in any family, that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids because just like adults, kids crave purpose. They crave being needed and wanted, and they want to be useful. So I think that having your seven-year-old, even a seven-year-old can unload the dishwasher. Even a four-year-old can learn to unload the dishwasher. Get some hardy plates that aren't going to break. We swear by Corral, which is just like these indestructible plates that all of us might remember from our own childhood. And we store them in the lower cabinets So that the kids can get a plate, they can put a plate away. So just little simple things like that. It could be having a, even as young as four or 5 year old set the table, showing them what a place setting is. And that actually translates to very real help because when you are trying to get dinner ready and you could just have a child go and set the table, fill the glasses with water, do the whole thing, that legitimately lightens your load at dinner time, So all of those little things build up. So it could be, you know, an eight or a nine-year-old can be sorting laundry. So just sort of incorporating them into your family life and not feeling bad about it. Cause I think some moms feel like they don't want to, for it to be a burden for their kids. But the truth is kids really approach these things with joy. And I think that pride, that they have pride Job well done. So that's something that really helps. And just that little bit of extra effort to teach your kids to do those things ends up paying off big time because by the time they're, you know, 12, they can cook dinner. They can do stuff legitimately as well as you can. So I think that that is really helpful in that particular stage of parenting. Something that I believe ever so much is
1: that we as humans learn by doing. Your husband learns by doing. Your children learn by doing. Your grandparents learn by doing. And we as moms tend to lean towards a lot of control. And we want things a certain way. We want the diaper changed a certain way. We want the baby fed in a very certain way. And what I would just encourage all parents out there, is to really listen to Adele's advice. And the way those people around us gain confidence is by doing. And you need to let them figure it out. And sure, if it's harming your child, of course, speak up. But 99.9% of the time, I found it's not harming them at all. It's just As moms, we want to control more than we really need to, and I especially tell this to moms of only one child because that thought process, that mentality needs to start then, and you need to drive and go to the gym and let your husband figure it out. You need to let your husband change the diaper and not critique him if it's just not the way you like it. You need to let your mother-in-law pitch in, and you need to let the kids pitch in. And guess what? Your parenting journey will only, only better from all of it. And we cannot be afraid to ask for help, but we also have to realize to get help, we have to help others gain confidence in their ability to help us and the way they
0: do it is by doing. And I like your advice. I think that's really smart too. Early on, I found leaving, literally leaving and not being there is a gift to everyone because A, you're able to recharge your batteries and relax, go for a walk, go to church, do whatever it is that really fills your spirit. And then also I think that that takes the pressure off whoever is with your kids. Because I know those early days, it's really, A, your kids are used to coming to you. They adore you. And also that allows your spouse or whoever's with your kids to gain that confidence of trying different things. And likely they're a different person than you are and have different strategies and gifts and ways of being with the kids.
1: So I have to share with you, I remember this moment in time in my parenting journey where I was feeling really overwhelmed and I was trying to juggle all the things. And I somehow ran across the book, Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu. And she tells the best story about asking for help and delegating. And She tells a story about how she and her husband were at this stage in their parenting journey. She was feeling really overwhelmed, and so he was going to take on some of the duties of the household that she was currently handling, one of those being dry cleaning, drop-off and pickup. And one night, she was cooking dinner, and someone knocks at the door, and if I remember correctly, the dry cleaning person is there. And... She walks back into the apartment and is like, Honey, I thought you were supposed to handle dry cleaning pickup and drop off. And he looks over casually and was like, Yeah, did you know that the place we use has free pickup and drop-off? Isn't that great? And I started laughing because, you know, she acknowledged that was taking like an hour to two a week for her between the parking and getting out of her car and gathering the items and traffic, and I just thought that was such a key moment where she realized by reaching out for help, by delegating to others, sometimes they have a different or better way of doing it. They find other efficiencies, and I can honestly tell you that I have learned so much from our nannies, babysitters, my in-laws, my parents. My husband and my children, when I have let them take over some of the responsibilities in the household, and I haven't held such tight control. And to be honest, that was one of my biggest shifts as a mom in a growing family, where I realized that this was the ticket to thriving in motherhood and not feeling like I was drowning.
0: It's so funny because that's exactly what ends up happening around here because my husband at work manages a big team of people. So he's used to sort of delegating and he's really good at that. So I feel like every single time that I will, like, let's say I'm going to go take the dog for a walk and leave him in charge of getting dinner ready with the kids, but I'll come back and our house is running like a restaurant, you know, like there our kids are waiting on tables and like he has everybody working. And it's totally like, whereas if I were at home, I would probably be doing more of that stuff myself, you know? So it's so funny you say that. I think that must be, there, there must be something about that that's inherent to husbands and wives. I don't know if you found this, but for me, I actually felt like when I had one baby, she was all mine and I took care of her. I just held her like everything that she needed, I provided. And then that was actually one of the gifts of having several kids was that at a certain point, you can't do it all. And so you have to reach out to your husband, your neighbors, your friends, your parents, whatever it is for help. So that was really, I think it was our second she had a totally different relationship with my husband because he was super involved and what i learned at that point in time was he had always wanted to be really involved but i was the one who was holding on to this baby and just doing every single thing cuz i loved it and i loved her but Just opening yourself up. And even if you don't have those several kids, just realizing that the people around you want to be involved. And it's really this beautiful opportunity, especially for your husband, to develop his relationship with them, to have that freedom and agency in the realm of his relationship with them.
1: I think that is so beautiful, Adele, and so true. Hey, friends, it's Bet. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now let's get back to our
0: guest. That no matter what we're doing, we have to, you know, make these changes. I think also we get to know ourselves better as we're having kids, as we're maturing and growing. So I think for me, there were a couple of times in my parenting journey that I had to make big changes. And I will say that the first was probably when my third child, my son Hugo was born. And at that point in time, those first few years of parenting were intense. I was not asking for help. I was not taking care of myself. And so that will catch up to you for me it was mentally that i you know was with my kids all day not taking a break and it just wasn't sustainable mentally emotionally spiritually you name it so after hugo was born and it was pretty much immediately after he was born i had known for a while that i needed to start taking care of myself and i had actually even signed up for a gym membership when my second child was born guess how many times i went to the gym during the year that i was paying for that membership two times that whole year. I went two times because my babies hated the nursery and it was just such an ordeal. So when it's like such a small little thing, but when I was pregnant with Hugo, I bought just a little inexpensive elliptical for my basement. And then after Hugo was born, you know, a few weeks after he was born, when I was feeling better, I just made it a priority to take 20 minutes every day to exercise. Um, And that was really life-changing because for me that Has such mental benefits, it has emotional benefits, especially in the winter when I'm stuck at home. So, and it's just this little small act of saying, You are worth 20 minutes of exercise in the afternoon, that you are worth that, that you should, you can allow yourself to make the sacrifices. You can do that even if your house is messy or if there are other things to do or if there's a kid who wants your help, you can say, I will help you in 20 minutes. I'm going to be doing this. And so it was just such a tiny, I mean, looking back on it now, I'm like 20 minutes, that's that's nothing. you know. But I really felt like I had to give myself that permission. So that was like one step. And then I will say that over the years, I've learned to see that worth that I have. And so it expands to other areas of my life where I can say, I am worth having a time to pray in the morning. I am worth having a chat with my husband for an hour in the evening and for the kids to be doing something else. So sort of just learning to nurture yourself and allow yourself to feel that love from God that is so important and central to our identity. That was after we had our third baby. And then to be honest, after our third, we had a set of twins. So we went from three to five. That right there was the biggest lesson in humility I have had in my entire life. Um, Because even having three kids, I was leaning on my husband a little bit more, but I was able to manage everything and sort of do things the way I liked and wanted them to be done. And then all of a sudden throw two babies into the mix. And over that first year, my pregnancy was very hard as a lot of twin pregnancies where I was really wasn't able to get up and do much at all. When they were born, It was kind of this lovely time. They were these delightful, sweet little babies. But when they got to be toddlers, forget about it. Like they were going in every direction. They are the most athletic, climby little things to this day. They are now, and they are still the same. But as toddlers, it was just terrifying. So that was really the time. It took me a while. It really took me getting to a breaking point to say, I need to ask for help. I need to hire I need to do whatever I need to do in order to get through this very intense period of parenting. My husband's job moved to California. So I remember when we were discerning this really big move, we were living in Virginia, and we're going to be moving away from family, away from friends to a coast that neither of us had ever, I had never even been to California before. And as we were discerning this move, I remember he said, if we move out there, we're going to be able to get you a lot more help and we will get a regular babysitter and we will figure this out. And that was when I think my, my eyes lit up and I was like, oh, this sounds actually a lot more interesting all of a sudden. So I think that that's part of it too, is recognizing that there will be really intense seasons to your parenting. And it might not be when you expect it. It might not be when you have a newborn baby. It might be when you have school-aged kids that are all in different activities and it feels like whack-a-mole to just get them where they're going. It might be when you, know, you have a couple of toddlers. So just recognizing that there will be intense seasons and there is no shame in seeking help and in arranging things so that you're Family can function smoothly so that you can be healthy and happy during that time. And then eventually those seasons will resolve and pass usually sooner than you even expect. So for example, now I am home with seven kids. I don't need any help in the house. I don't need any help with the kids. We are managing just fine homeschooling. I never in a million years would have imagined that was possible because in that previous season of my life, it wasn't. It was not reasonable. So I think likewise for moms who are working, that season might have to do with your job, with when there's an intense season in your career. So I think just being reasonable and generous with ourselves and also realizing that these difficult times with kids, everything is always changing. So you know, it's not like it's a crutch that you're going to rely on forever because your kids are going to change. Your circumstances are going to change. So just do what you need to do. So listeners, I think you really need to tune in right there that
1: Adele reflected and realized that she had let go of her health and it was affecting her mentally. And sometimes we think we need to make these huge leaps on our health journey. And she shared that just 20 minutes a day really, really made a difference for her. And you'll notice the other shift she had was this shift of I know there are going to be times in my life of imbalance. I know that there are going to be times in my life where parenting is intense, it's a game of whack-a-mole, and you're literally doing your best to survive it, right? And then how ironic is it that now with seven, gosh, Adele, you, you don't have any help right now, and yet... You needed more help when there was less children because it was those young, challenging years. So moms out there, I really want you to hear that because too often times, I think moms of larger families get put on these pedestals that aren't really deserved. We're no different than you. And we have been in those whack-a-mole moments too. And you know what? We're probably going to be in them again. And then the last thing I want to really remind everybody is that just like there's gonna be seasons of chaos as a parent, there's gonna be seasons for your child. Like Elliot, it was my most challenging toddler. And yet at eight years old, she is my most capable eight year old. She helps around the house, she's independent, she's a great student, she's a self starter. And so sometimes, it's funny how each of our children have seasons too and don't think that it's always going to be hard with that child or it's always going to be easy with another
0: child. I mean, Adele, can you relate to this? I absolutely agree. I actually have a theory with my kids, which is each one of them has one difficult phase in their life. And this has been true so far. So my, my first baby was very fussy. And so I had to learn all the tricks about soothing her and taking care of her. And now she is like the calmest, easiest. I mean, I don't have to say a word about do your homework. She's on top of it. She is like the most together kid and now preteen that I know. Likewise, my toddler, my twins were really easy as babies. And they gave us a run for our money when they were toddlers. They were just, it was hard to keep them safe. Honestly. It was just hard to take care of them, keep them safe. But now as kids, they're like delightful. They're self-starters. They're like very independent. So I actually have my eye on my kids that haven't given me a hard time yet because I just think it's coming. You know, like they're the ones that maybe as teenagers are going to give me a hard time.
1: (laughs) I'd love for you to share a little bit more about the importance of a mom putting on the oxygen mask first so that she can help those she loves most.
0: Oh, absolutely. So early on, I mean, those first years of parenting, it was, it was just such a change from my, my previous life, because I had gone from being totally independent young person with a husband, but we just did things together and had, you know, we lived in Boston. It was this very free time to caring for a child that really needed a lot of care for me. Cause like I mentioned, she was very fussy. So I think that I didn't have any sense of a separation of where I ended and where she began. And also just didn't know that it was okay to have somebody else keep an eye on her for a minute like as she got to be a toddler, let her watch a video for half an hour. That is fine. Even when we had our second daughter, like the food that I ate, I would just eat what was left over on their plates, basically, you know, it was like mac and cheese, a lot of mac and cheese and cereal. probably. And I think at some point I realized that I wasn't feeling good, you know, that it, I, I didn't feel like I was taking care of my health and myself. And then to be honest, it took many more years for me to realize that just as I needed to care for my physical health, I needed to care for my spiritual health. So to say, it is okay to try to build your day around going to mass, that is fine. You know, you can take a, a kid with you that maybe is just looking at a coloring book or that you're holding and that's fine. It might not be like their favorite moment of the day, but you really need this spiritual nourishment. So um, to it took many more years for me to get to that point. But I would say that, As I've gone on that journey and realized it's okay to prepare myself a lunch that feels good and healthy and something that I want to eat, even if my kids are going to be eating something different, you know, that they're going to have something that's more like kid food, or that it's okay for me to take time to make sure that I feel physically healthy, that I feel spiritually healthy. And I will say for other moms, that might look different to say it's okay. And it is okay to budget for going to therapy if that is something that brings you healing and takes care of your mental health, it is okay. It is not selfish to put that align item in your budget or to say that you are going to go to an exercise class or that you are going to have lunch with a girlfriend once a week, whatever it is that really fills your cup. So as I've gone along, I found that not only is it important and necessary, it makes me a better mom to them. So... It happens all the time, like even today, actually this morning. So this morning was just kind of a super hands-on morning. I was homeschooling the kids. There was a lot going on. Some of the kids were not having their best day. And so when my husband came down for lunch, usually we would prepare lunch together and sit down and eat lunch together. I said, I just need a little moment here to gather myself. So I went on the front porch with a newspaper and a Diet Coke and just sat down for like 30 minutes by myself and at that point I really was feeling a lot better. I was feeling a lot more calm and like I could go in and take care of the kids, interact with them and do a better job. So I think that ultimately it's not only is it not bad for our families when we do that, it's actually really good for our families and our kids when we do that. And then hopefully our kids are also watching us and seeing that we are worthy of that time, effort, whatever it is, and that they are too. So as they grow into adults, they'll also have that healthy sense of self in relationship to other people.
1: I really think that is so beautiful. And I love how you emphasize that health is not just working out at a gym. It's the emotional, it's the spiritual, it's the mental side of health too. And it's remembering that we are worthy of that. And that it's important that we show our children that we are worthy of that and that they are too. And I also love that you give some really good examples that sometimes, you know, we need a timeout and go sit on the porch with a Diet Coke or a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. And sometimes we need to just drive away from the house and just leave the chaos behind and know that everything is just going to be okay. Okay, so let us jump to some fun questions because... I have listeners who have been wanting to know. So Adele, what kind of car do you guys drive?
0: Okay. So we currently still, we have to get in two cars when our whole family is going somewhere because with the birth of Mary, we don't fit in our car anymore. So we have a Honda Odyssey, which fits eight of us. So when it's just me and the kids, it's fine. But when Ben is with us too, we don't fit. And then we have like a smaller Volvo SUV sort of thing. So we need to get a bigger car. We haven't done it yet because in the quarantine, we really aren't getting in the car that often. So we're basically just waiting until we have to pull the trigger on that. How about you guys?
1: So we have a we had a suburban and a minivan. And that was kind of our we could all fit in it. And we all we took up every single seat. And then we were fortunate we decided to have an au pair come and live with our family. And she moved in with us in January. And we were like, oh, once our au-pair is here, we're not going to be able to be all in the same car. And and we're gonna want to take her places and we're not gonna wanna split up. So we finally pulled the trigger and bought a Ford Transit. Oh, that's on our list. That's on our potential car list. We might be joking though. <laughs> we actually really like it. I like it way more than I expected. I would still say my parking skills are not great. Uh- <laughs> But I did realize with the birth of our baby that's due in November that we won't all fit in our Suburban and our van even after Paulina leaves our au pair. So we're kind of like, we're still planning on keeping my Suburban because I could still have all the kids with me and fit in the car. It would just be similar to you and Ben's situation. Okay, grocery shopping. How do you handle
0: grocery shopping? Instacart all the way. This is like, if there is one hack I will pass along. because For me, the time that I go to the grocery store, especially now when there's all these regulations on getting a cart and all this stuff with my kids. Not only is it time that I'm losing, but it's just a lot of sanity that I'm losing. So we do Instacart from Aldi, which is the local store. That's it's like super cheap groceries and we do it a lot. So we will often do it like two or three times a week and just get tons we go through lots of food we're cooking all the time so that I don't think I have gone to the grocery store in person. I need to just think this through. I literally don't think I've gone to the grocery store since the quarantine started. So for months, I have not gone to the grocery store. A couple of times, Ben has popped out to get a little odd thing here and there, but we also can, co- we can Instacart from Costco. So that's easy. Ben, what? Between driving, parking, getting the kids in the store, at least two hours a week, wouldn't you say? At least, right? Such A good service, especially for big families.
1: It makes such a difference. So, now, Adele, tell us about quarantine and schooling. Were your kids always homeschooled, or how have you been handling kind of the schooling
0: solution during this time? So, we, our kids most recently have not been homeschooled. We did homeschool several years ago for our eldest for first grade, but then since then, they've been in the Catholic schools. And we love them. Our kids love school. We're super blessed to have an amazing diocese, amazing parish, amazing school here. And so that was a really big change to all of a sudden have them all at home. And I was really nervous because I did not have the self-confidence to feel like I was going to be able to rock this. I thought it was going to be impossible. But I have been pleasantly surprised by the experience. So we pretty early on decided that, especially for our little kids, we were not going to be doing virtual learning. So for those people who might not be familiar with it, virtual learning is when the school teacher, like the person, you know, Mrs., Mr., whoever that was their teacher at school is still coordinating learning. And they're doing that by sending emails and resources and doing Zoom calls and stuff like that. So pretty early on, we realized that that wasn't a really great solution for our younger kids because it's just not the same as being in the classroom. And Zoom calls are tricky for anyone to to keep their attention. So pretty early on, we decided that for the younger ones, we were just going to homeschool them. And we have loved it. We've gotten into a groove of doing it our older our eldest daughter her school she goes to like a separate all-girls school and distance learning like i said she is super on it she's able to complete her assignments no problem so it worked really well for her her school did a great job with it so we did that for her and for the younger ones we really kind of took over on schooling so it's been it's been fun i think that for me that was during the last days of my pregnancy which for me, the last days of pregnancy are always much harder than having a newborn. Like those last few of weeks are just really tough to get through. But I think for me, it was helpful to have a uh, intellectual challenge every day of saying, you know, okay, that this is what I'm trying to accomplish in math with the little ones. This is what we're going to do in history or whatever it is. So we're actually schooling through the summer, partly just because there isn't a whole lot else to do. So they do some school in the morning and then are just able to relax and play and hang out in the afternoon. So it's been going really well. We're currently trying to figure out, well, I think everything is a little bit up in the air for what's going to be going on this next school year. So we're trying to just be flexible and hoping for, for the best for everybody. Um, How about you? Have your kids been at home?
1: Yeah. So we have a little bit similar kind of backstory. We attend a small Catholic school here in our hometown, and that has been a really good fit for us. And then we switched to virtual schooling. And I would say virtual schooling was challenging for us because It had nothing to do with the quality of content that was being sent home or that the school was doing. It was literally just a lot of my kids are young. And I struggled the most with my kindergartner, I would say. My kindergartner was, it was just a battle. Every day felt very like stressful. And also my husband and I work. And so trying to navigate during that time and as I I told everybody earlier, we have an au pair, but our au pair is really here to help with the children and not be their teacher. So, you know, she's a 22-year-old young girl who's just Amazing and we, we're so glad she's here. So it's trying to kind of navigate during that time. So right now for fall, we're waiting. So all the public schools around us have announced virtual until January. And I would say that there's a bit of panic in our area, and maybe this is nationally, but it but I'm hearing these really desperate. <laughs> moms especially, because that's usually reaches out to me, who are a single working mom or both of them are essential workers. Like I just heard from a mom, they're both nurses. And now they limped along during this time, but they kind of are at a loss on what to do in the fall. And I think the whole 100% virtual announcement, it's not that some of us aren't surprised, some of us are surprised. I think it's more, how are we going to do this, you know, and and navigating that. And I know in my situation, we, we are not as stressed because we have help. If we did not have help, then we would really be struggling. So I really feel for people right now that are trying to navigate in a lot of unknowns. So I love that you've kind of found a rhythm that
0: has worked for you. And we're super blessed too, because I'm at home. So it's kind of, you know, whether they're at school or whether they're at home, I've enjoyed having them at home. My husband is working from home, so that's also kind of a built-in support. But I agree, my thoughts and prayers are really with the families that are scrambling right now. I know there's a lot of them.
1: A lot. And I, you know, I just, I think it's so important and I love that you do this too, is that moms, no matter what you choose, you do know what's best for you and your family. And you will get through this. And I know it's stressful, but um, you you will get through it. I promise. I promise. So Adele, we're so grateful for your time today. And if our listeners would like to find you, where is the best place to do that?
0: So they can find me on Instagram and my name is simple life musings. And there's really a great community of women of all different women who have kids, don't have kids, are working, stay at home. And I've really found it to be a community of support and also advice. I feel like whenever I have a big question, I'll usually throw it out there. And there's always somebody who's more competent or more knowledgeable or you know, has a special expertise in something. So it has been a great source of encouragement for me.
1: I love that so much, Adele. So I always like to ask my guests, what is one last piece of bold advice that you would like to leave with the listeners today?
0: try to find a small area of your life that you can do something that is beautiful and joyful, even if it's something really small, like saying that you're gonna paint your nails or it could be something like starting a garden in your yard or just something small. Cause I found that having some small area of your life that you're cultivating joy and beauty really ends up flooding into the rest of your life. So even if you're in a busy stage of life, see if there's some small little thing that you can do to bring yourself that joy and beauty.
1: Adele, I want to thank you for being a joy-filled moment for me today and for sharing your unique and beautiful journey with me and letting me learn more about it. And listeners, I think this is the challenge for us all, that in the chaos of life, In a lot of the circumstances we cannot control, there is joy and beauty to be found. And the more we can fill our cup with it, the more we can overflow it out into this world. So cheers to finding joy and beauty in all circumstances, Adele. Thank you for being here.
0: It was so much fun to talk with you. I love it. We've got to do it again.
1: Thank you for listening today. For more information, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs